0: Welcome to the Little Red Bandwagon, the show about the show, Too Beautiful to Live. Today is the first Friday of June, and so that means we have Phyllis Fletcher. Hello, Phyllis.
1: Hey, Christy. How are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. I I, uh, can't remember if we got to hear your full name yet. The nice lady, Christy Wise.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm the nice lady, Christy Wise. Yeah, I'm here in the Linwood Studios, and Phyllis is somewhere in Seattle?
1: I am, yes, I am in Finney Gulch, Seattle, (laughs) the bottom of Finney Ridge.
0: You're getting even more specific. You're going to have some stalkers.
1: (laughs) That's that's quite all right. I'm sure all Wagoneers are nice people. You're going to have a case of fidget
0: spinners and uh, (laughs) crazy magazine subscription coming your way.
1: Yay. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Bring it.
0: And today we have a little surprise because um, Mike can't... Mike's wife won't give him the Wi-Fi password, <laughs> so we let Jeremy come on. Hello, Jeremy.
1: Hello. Awesome. <laughs> Yay.
2: I'm wearing my tonight shorts.
1: Oh, <gasps> yes, he is. I'm very excited. Ooh, what kind are
2: they? <laughs> oh, um, so they're a pair of sweatpants that I uh uh converted into shorts. <laughs>
1: That's legit. Yeah, that's legit. <laughs> tonight pant action. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're not jeans or <laughs> no. cor- cargo shorts. Yeah. yeah, and they're not jorts. <laughs> right. <laughs> I wore yeah. these
2: today to do some yard work, and uh-huh. uh, okay. now I'm wearing them Converted to record a them. podcast.
1: Day to night okay. is what
2: they
0: call yeah. that.
1: <laughs> yeah, in good. ladies' wear, it's a day to night dress. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> good job, dude. So,
0: um before we get into this this month's clip which is so funny i listened to it about 3 times good cuz i had totally forgotten about this <laughs> yeah
1: this yeah. story
0: um i want to talk to you a little bit about your um well your last appearance on LRB ah uh, yes and your most recent TBTL appearance and also what's been going on with you yeah, totally. So my first thing is while I was listening to you and Mike talk about snacks is yeah. I was getting the snack rage because we, we also... Because
2: we might lose our house because of snacks <laughs> no. at my daughter's oh, no. school. We have a
0: second mortgage out because of snacks. Yeah. Um, right. So we also had the sports snacks, which is nice because um, there's no rules. Yeah. Like after s- after school extracurricular snacks are, you know, no holds barred. You bring whatever. Right. And um, so that that's not that big of an issue. But um, the school snacks are what get to us. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at our school,
1: mm-hmm. there's
0: two snack times a day. Yeah. And a lunch. And also, I guess <laughs> there's also breakfast that they serve. But that's for some bef- kids, right yeah. before school. Right. Okay. And in kindergarten, for some reason, the snacks are brought by the kid. So every kid has a star of the day and they get to lead the lines and they have special jobs that they get to do and they get to bring a toy. But Mm -hmm. also they have to bring two different snacks for 22 people in their class. That means 44 snacks. with (laughs) stipulations they have to fit the school district guidelines of nutrition Mm -hmm. i mean i'm sure they don't want them to bring a bunch of cookies or whatever but it has to be a certain number of calories like below i think it's 100 calories the sugar the like everything has to be in this equal whatever Mm -hmm. um (laughs) and um portioned out and then also no nuts luckily we don't have to do gluten-free but so we have all these snacks that we have to bring and um Ellie rides the bus, so she has this backpack filled with forty-four snacks and usually yeah. like
2: a, a toy. toy because you also get to bring a toy to show when yeah. you're when when you're the star <laughs> okay. that day.
0: So it's this giant backpack, this <laughs> little <laughs> kid who can barely put it on, <laughs> and um,
2: <laughs> with eight pounds of cheese sticks in it. <laughs> right.
0: Yeah. Right. And then totally. last week it was her snack date on a field trip day and there was more stipulations on it which were it had to be fully disposable and didn't have to be refrigerated
1: oh no no there was
0: that (laughs) and then she had to carry those snacks to the field trip too it's just a whole mess but one of her friends got diagnosed with a legit gluten allergy celiac disease in the middle of the year and the mom was like i already have to pack her snacks every day I just don't feel like I should be in this situation anymore. Like she shouldn't have to be a part of the 22 snacks anymore.
1: No, she should be exempt. Right. There should now be 21 snacks. Yeah. Well, and see, and that's bogus because they also, they're tying it to the star of the week or star of the day or whatever it is. So then it's like, well, if you opt out of the snack thing, what is the rule around you know, I mean, I'm sure opting out of providing a snack is discouraged, but, you know, some people I'm sure aren't able to provide it. So does your kid also then not get to be the star? Like, that's, they yeah. should, they should decouple those. I, I totally <laughs> That's agree. my opinion. Yeah. I on. think yeah. there's
2: been some talks of that. Yeah. yeah.
1: Okay, good. Well, yeah, because that's it
0: just seems a little changed because what about people that can't afford it?
1: Yeah. Seriously, I, man. You know, there's some that's kids. a serious yeah. issue.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's some kids who can't afford
1: lunch. Yep, and yep. and the and the kids who qualify for free breakfast too, right. for sure.
0: So then yeah. now they're bringing and it's so it's expensive for us. Yeah, I mean it's probably thirty to forty dollars that we're putting out once a how month. Often? You know, so it's, once a month, it's once a month or sometimes it's been two times in a month. It just depends on how many oh, school days they go to.
1: Oh God, and how it falls. Oh God. <laughs> yeah they at in our class um they do it um a week at a time, and same thing with Gus's kindergarten class too, so it was um we would have to sign up for two weeks in the school year non they didn't have to be consecutive but um but you know for for the week you'd be providing those, and that in a lot of ways is probably easier because you can just bring in a whole bunch of junk. All at once, Mm -hmm. or you could bring it in, you know, if it's more convenient for you to split it up, you could do that. But then it's like you're not providing this precise portion. So I think in a lot of ways, it's probably easier. But I'm saying that as someone who, you know, um, you know, my husband gets our kid directly all the way into school. So that's probably part of the reason it works for us is because we're the ones physically carrying the shit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's, you know, the carrying in a week of snacks at a time obviously would not work for a little (laughs) kid who's getting to school some way other than having her parents bring her all the way there. So and Uh, it's just, it's weird. It's like, how do we get here? You know, what happened? Well, I, we got zero (laughs) snacks when I was in school. Yeah. I need to know, I need to understand the sociology of this. I need like someone to do their dissertation in urban American schools and suburban schools and snack culture.
2: (laughs) When did this happen? I need to know a timeline. There must have been like a study that came out at some point or something Mm -hmm. where we've just decided that kids can't function if they don't have. Like a Food goldfish every two cracker shut right. down their throat every forty five <laughs> minutes
0: I mean, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing um i mean there's there are studies that maybe if you eat little things every two hours rather than big meals that right. that that's better for you, but right. I need to know a timeline of when this snack situation yeah. happens. me too i need to know <laughs> well and i also caused kind of an uproar on the facebook page about snacks because it was it was ellie's first time and yeah. they did they basically just said snacks they didn't even say the guidelines They there were no rules in the orientation packet it just said snacks
3: mm-hmm. like
0: crackers etc and um mm. Nothing else. And so I said, hey, can I have some some tips or what have you guys brought in? And Ellie is saying that she wants to bring in Rice Krispies. And I said, oh, yeah. and so I said, what does she mean? A bag of Rice Krispies? And they said, <laughs> no, no, no. Rice Krispie treats. You know, those mm. blue ones. And then a mom popped in and said, oh, no. Um, my kid would never eat a Rice Krispie treat. Never. <laughs> and then... Yeah. And then another mom, who my, is my favorite, popped in and said, I've been there. I've been there when when he has eaten Rice Krispie treats. And, <laughs> and she goes, I'm going to go talk to him right now. And, oh, um, no. de- <laughs> uh,
2: and then it came out that the, the smaller. I don't know. That other mom narked out the kid. I That's l- kind of lame. I loved it. That poor kid. Uh, that poor kid <laughs> was finally getting to have sugar probably for the first time in his life
0: well and and snitches get stitches that that kid's mom said bring she said i'm gonna bring in some snacks and fill the snack cupboard up with fruits and vegetables because it turns out she makes hummus on her day homemade hummus for all the kids (laughs) wow and (laughs) could i get some i know right (laughs)
2: i'm gonna show up
0: yeah well so what it turns out (laughs) is that the smaller packaged rice krispie treats slide under the guidelines of the (laughs) school district just enough that they would have those that they can have those
1: (laughs) nice and you know like i mean this, this, this is part of like how it gets into the snack thing being so corrupt too because i'm sure that you know these corporations that manufacture these snacks interfere with what the guidelines are you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. not like district by district but just in general and then they produce these packaged things that meet those guidelines it's it's all bunk you know it's we're all in the pocket of big snack yeah (laughs) that's (laughs) what it feels like i didn't even know that was a thing until this year yeah yeah it's crazy man yeah, well, it'll be nice when we're out from under this tyranny whenever this happens, <laughs> like sixth grade or something. I don't know. Like I don't know. I don't know when it stops. Make it stop. <laughs>
0: Next year, we don't have to provide for anyone else except for Ellie, which will be nice.
1: Oh, oh word.
0: Okay. Yeah.
1: yeah, I don't know when we get that, but I guess I'll find out in September.
0: <laughs> I mean, Gus has food allergies. You should just pull yourself out of the system. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but then, th- see, I don't want to be in that, it's that whole rock in a hard place thing where then I would have to have it together to provide his snacks for him all the time because yeah. I'd be doing that separation. And I'm like, I just want to, I want to roll with the program, whatever it is, but I do want the program to be easier for me and not harder. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. I think. So, yeah, I think we've
0: <laughs> tapped out snacks. I know. Word. That- the Facebook page w- had a lot of people
1: um, weighing in, <laughs> so
0: I think that a lot of yeah. people have a lot of feelings about those. They and, do, and I know I had throw my phone moments while it was happening. So <laughs>
1: yes, <laughs> yes.
0: But yeah. if anyone knows, if maybe someone out there has a teenager. That was right on the cusp of no snacks and then the next kid had snacks. I mean, if yeah. you know when this started, please, or you're a teacher. Maybe you're an elementary teacher and you know the exact day of when snack apocalypse <laughs> came upon us. Or you're a lobbyist yes.
2: for big snacks.
0: <laughs> or, or if you're in the machine of big snacks, please let yeah. us know.
1: <laughs> yeah, please leak that to yeah. us. <laughs> yes. We won't
0: name names, promise. No. <laughs> All right, so... Now, let's talk about your most recent appearance on TBTL. It was Luke was on vacation, which yeah. is interesting. They didn't say, usually he says, Oh, I went to the lake or I, I did this. He didn't really say where he went on vacation. So that's true. Yeah. yeah. I don't know.
1: Aw. Yeah. I guess they're playing it super super safe just in case anyone got any funny ideas. I guess, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> what tends to yeah. do
0: that? Never.
1: <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. I know. Yeah.
0: So tell us about your appearance.
1: Oh, it was so fun. I always whenever Andrew tells me he needs me, I always try to do it if I possibly can. I think so far I've been able to do every single one. And so I get someone to fill in for me mm-hmm. at work. Um, and, um, and when he said Steve was going to be on, I was really excited because I used to work with Steve and I used to see him every day. Oh, fun. Yeah. I, and, um, and I hadn't, I I've only, I think the last couple of times I've run into him have been kind of Luke adjacent type of things. Like, um, there was a time that Andrew mentioned, I think when we were, um we all kind of ran into each other at a live wire show and hung out afterwards and that i may have seen steve one other time since then um but he's he if if you can um go back and listen to the tbtl that he was on that i mentioned in the show when he had just quit kuow about 3 years ago and he was kind of processing this big decision he had just made and mm-hmm. um it's it's cool to hear that and um and to hear him now and be around him now and um it just all feels like part of a continuum of of one big decision he made um in a cool way and um something that I was sharing with Steve was that when I started at k u o w there were a lot of people there who were about fifteen years older than I am. <clears throat> excuse me. And that at this point, that was about 15 years ago. So now I'm the age that they were when I started. And yeah. it's, it's really, it's kind of helpful to see like, what are the trajectories and how do people handle things? And um it's neat to be friends with people who are at that stage which which is a stage that I very much um envy and I'm looking forward to <laughs> so.
0: so I have a question did he retire before
1: the bike accident or after he did yeah oh. yeah the he retired three years ago and the bike accident was a year ago oh, okay yeah so it that was so scary to hear about and there's something that um I wish I had described better in the moment, but I think I was just so overwhelmed and in shock. But his nose scar, I mean, it really is amazing. I agree with Meredith that the person who stitched him back up probably was a plastic surgeon because Mm -hmm. I really I really could not see it at all. It's a vertical scar that goes from about the bridge of his nose to the tip. And that's what makes it so freaky when you think about People at the scene of the accident holding his face together. Oh, I know. His nose was split apart vertically and, it, from what it sounds like, splayed open. Um, oh. And they managed to help him by holding his face together and then, you know, finish it off by stitching it up. And he looks exactly the same as he did when he was working at KUOW. It's inc- they did an amazing job.
0: Yeah, I'm sure that um, because Harborview is like such a great trauma hospital, they must have emergency plastic surgeons. On staff oh, yeah. There.
1: Yeah, and I'm sure they're the best in the region. So mm-hmm. that's, I mean, that was, I couldn't believe it when he was saying that that was what happened. Because I was looking right at his face and I was like, I don't see anything. And then he had to point it out and then I could see it. But it's barely it's, you know, coloration wise, it's barely a scar at all. Mm. But then when you see the length of it, it's like, okay, yeah, that's, that's some serious business. So I was just, I was happy to see him just, you know, doing his thing, able to, you know, walk like nothing happened. I mean, you know, maybe, maybe it doesn't feel that way to him, but looking at him walk and move around and seeing him, you know, crack jokes and all that stuff. It's like, oh, thank God. So I was really happy to do that. And it's fun, too, when there's someone that you you like and you respect, but you've only ever been around them at work. And then you get to do something that's, like, fun, you know? I mean, it's kind of how I feel about Andrew, too, because when we worked in the newsroom together he was always, it was kind of like a press play type of situation where he was producing a daily show that had all these segments and topics. And sometimes he was booking me on the show and it was always this like, you know, moved along at this quick pace. And, um, you know, he always had his like intense Andrew face mm-hmm. on, you know, <laughs> kind of like if you ever see him at a live event, he's got this kind of intense yeah. face on before the show. Cause he's got all these things kind of his clipboard of the mind is going and um you know now i mean it's still he still is you know with tvtl like prepping every day and all that stuff but when i'm hanging out with him and actually doing it it's so fun so i really i was as you could probably hear i was having a ball and just really enjoying being around those guys it was very cool
0: and you were at his house at Andrew's
1: house yes Yep. We were at his house in Wallingford and, uh, and it was, it was cool. I could see he had set it up for three people before and he just, he set it up very quickly when Steve and I got there at the same time. And he gave Steve a really nice, um, I think I'm not sure, but he might've been micing us for our voices because there are different, um, some, some radio stations, if they have a lot of money, they will get a specific microphone, for that person's voice. And, um, I think, uh, he gave Steve an Electra voice RE20. It looked like a studio mic from KUOW. And I bet he gave him that mic because he knows exactly how Steve sounds in that mic. And, Mm -hmm. um, and he put Steve off to the side and me and Andrew across from each other. So then we could kind of look at each other in a little triangle and, uh, and it was, it was great. It was super fun. (laughs) And did you get to meet any of the cats? yes he always has to it it seems like i always see one of them and he always gives me a little bit of a warning he's like you know (laughs) the
0: attack one yeah
1: Yeah. and so i can't remember which one is the crabby one but um
0: isn't it theo Theo? that attacks
1: people did you say theo is that what you said Mm -hmm. oh you said professor bananas yeah Uh, i don't know i think
0: professor bananas is the nice one
1: Okay, yeah, Theo. I think it was. I think it was Theo that he was warning me away from. he's um, dying over here. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Because <laughs> of the names of the cats and the. You guys oh. having a very
2: earnest conversation about uh, Professor Bananas and Captain <laughs> Theo, <laughs> and whether it's they're uh, which which one is the aggressor and <laughs> what their I personalities
1: know. are. <laughs> Well, cats will scratch the mess out of you, man. You really want to be careful around that. So I didn't want to get all scratched up and bummed out before the show. So I was just like, what's up? (laughs) They're Uh, so
0: cute. So I'm surprised. I mean, maybe because Steve doesn't listen to TBTL. Apparently Uh, not. not He tried to front, but yeah. Yeah, no. (laughs) He didn't do a
2: very good job. So
0: (laughs) I was kind of... um, well basically luke a couple weeks ago had said a very controversial statement about how kids don't need to wear oh,
2: helmets, helmets. Yeah. oh my gosh it was very the the timeliness of the uh, very dramatic like half hour description of a bicycle accident uh <laughs> right on the tails of of yeah. luke but of course luke wasn't there
1: no and he wasn't and what you didn't C was when I interjected, of course you were wearing a helmet. I did a big (laughs) wink at Andrew (laughs) and he saw it. (laughs) So um, I said that very deliberately. I wanted everyone to at least hear uh, that a helmet really, really, really saved saved his
0: life. Yeah, yep,
1: it really did. So I brought that into it, but I didn't, since Steve doesn't listen, I didn't want to derail and be like, (laughs) by the way, you know. (laughs) But um, yeah, yeah, that was I was like, I know, Steve, I know he was wearing a helmet. And just after something that traumatic by the fact that he's still living, of course, you know, he's wearing a helmet. Right, so. right. Yeah. And I'm so glad. <laughs> I'm so glad. And then after your show, you went on a little date. We did. We we went to Dicks. We, we I think all that that talking about um, you know shame eating versus pride eating and just our proximity to Dicks like we just had to do it. I was like you know you had to Dicks is really nearby. Let's do it. So we did. You know? So uh, yeah, it it was is fun. I got my the... standard um cheese cheeseburger fry, um, and I think I got a medium Coke, okay. and he got a deluxe a fry and a medium sprite it was really good and we ate it right there in the subaru nice in uh in the dick's parking lot it was fun no shame yeah and it was cool because that's the kind of thing we never would have done as coworkers. it just never ever would have happened and i think he maybe did stuff like that like with his own staff and Mm -hmm. stuff i think they they had good times but like he and i it was just more like You know, okay, yeah, good job today. Hey, good show today. Or, you know, but like, and if we ever would have gone somewhere together, it would have just walked across the street, you know, on the Ave um, somewhere. It would have been that kind of thing. We never would have actually like gotten in a car and gone somewhere. So it was really fun to do that. It was cool. It made me want to see him again soon. Yeah, you should have a standing dicks date. I know. It'd be fun. (laughs) It would be really cool. It's where all the cool kids hang out. I know, I know. <laughs> I felt like, like, um, we were such geezers doing that, but you know, like, no it was neat. I, I enjoyed it.
0: And then you also recently got to see Luke performing at the KUOW News Quiz.
1: Yeah, he was great. Ah, uh, it was such an awesome I lineup. Feel like he so- didn't talk about it much. I know. I want you know he. I wonder if sometimes he's. Well, for one thing, it was sold out. So there was probably Mm. really not much for him to say in advance of the thing. Um, And uh, um, But I wonder if he gets this thing that I get where sometimes you get nervous when you're doing something and you just don't say anything because you feel responsible for people having a good time. And Mm. you're just like, if the people who just would have shown up anyway are the only people who show up, then... That's actually a good thing because I'm only responsible for entertaining them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he sometimes gets that. I don't know. But um, it's it's actually, I, I could totally identify with Andrew's um, FOMO feeling that he mentioned because um, um, it's actually, it's, it's a larger scale version of an event that they used to have me help out with. But as soon as I saw what the lineup was, I totally got it and I totally got why they did not need me. But um the last two years they've had it just for donors and they've like major donors and they had it at the triple door, which is a smaller venue. Mm-hmm. And um they had um no panel and they had Bill Radke as the host who hosted this one, and they had me as kind of like a Vanna White Carl Castle combined. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and um but you know, they decided to do a much bigger event and it completely makes sense. Like they got Ken Jennings as the um as the question reader and then they got the panel being Luke Sherman Alexi who's amazing and Lindy West who's also amazing and um and it was great they did a, I don't know why he did this but Radke did this thing at the end where he was like Let's let's vote by applause for which panelist you like best. And what? Luke just got up and walked off the stage because <laughs> the, the crowd gave it to Lindy. So, yeah, of course, and she was awesome. So. <laughs> she is the best. Yeah, but, but <laughs> I was like, hilarious. this gets right in Luke's feelings. That's a like, good move, say, though. Who was the best at this really specific weird thing? That's very public, and Luke right. just oh. was like, I'm leaving. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> that i probably i would want to get up and leave but i would have just sat there and you would have just frozen mortified (laughs) turned bright red yeah i know i was like how can you do that he's between lindy west and sherman (laughs) alexi like that's nuts right but they were all hilarious they were so great it's gonna be a podcast right i hope so i mean i'm sure they recorded it and then i wonder it's like this is this is another thing where I can give Luke even more props. L- Luke's show, of any show that I've ever seen live, and I haven't seen all of them, but any public radio show that I've seen live, his is the best at both. It's the best stage show that can turn into a radio show, and I'm sure that there are micro and macro reasons for that. This, as I was watching it, I mean, primarily I was just enjoying the show. Um, I, It's hard for me to think about and, and conceive of, how would they turn this into something that's just as enjoyable as an audio product? Maybe they could. But I know that with Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, they do all these things like um, pickups and resets and, and stuff mm-hmm. that you you don't need for a podcast. But if you want to edit anything out, then it gets tricky, um, you know, to decide to to do continuity, basically, if you haven't been thinking about that as you were producing the live event so maybe they will um but but i don't know and i don't know who's working on it but if they do i would love to hear it because it was i would i would like intellectually to think about how did they do that and also i would just enjoy hearing it again because it was funny
0: yeah i hope it does come out yeah Um, me too and then before we get to the clip i would like to you to talk about this interesting thing that you did today
1: Oh, thank you. Yeah. I, so, um, last, so the, the week before this one, um, I found out that my 12th grade calculus teacher died and he was only 69. And, um, they, the way that they put it was died unexpectedly. Like I, you know, last time I had seen him was a year ago and he looked great. And I certainly wouldn't have been expecting that, you know, that he wouldn't make it this far. Um, so it was really sad to hear about that. Um and um he was a Sephardic Orthodox Jew and so they practice a tradition that is called sitting Shiva, which um is usually it lasts about a week and the family um they after they so they bury their loved one within twenty four hours and then for up to about a week after that, um minus Shabbat and minus any holidays um, they they accept visitors in their home and the the mourners so that's like the immediate family they sit on these like low, really low to the ground chairs or sometimes on the floor so when you walk in you kind of know immediately who they are and then um, there are chairs the way that this was my first one and the way that the the other chairs were set up they're basically set up kind of like um in rows like you're you're facing them like um you know like an audience would in a way so there are all these folding chairs set up facing them and then it's um it's basically it's up to them and their close family to approach you um, like that's something that I was really glad was explained to me in advance. Um, like you don't go just spontaneously go up to them and say, Oh, I'm so sorry for your loss, blah, blah, blah. Like it's on other people to facilitate that. Mm -hmm. And, um, what was really special uh, and I was so grateful is, um, a couple of my high school friends, one of them goes to his synagogue and, um, the other one is Jewish, but goes to a different place. Um, so one of those gals drove me down there. The other gal met us. We walked inside and the one gal who goes to the synagogue knew enough people, um, that she was able to kind of explain who we were and stuff. And, um, And I got to tell some stories about how awesome my Calculus teacher was. And the gal that I was talking to was my teacher's daughter-in-law. And she was like, oh, please, I would love for you to tell my mother-in-law that story. And so I got to tell her um, that basically that her late husband was the first person to ever ask my brother if he wanted to go to college. And he completely changed his academic trajectory by doing that. And this was in a school system that had treated me and my brother completely differently because I'm mixed and my brother is black. And my brother and I just, even though he is very intelligent, um, they, they tracked us completely differently. Um, And Mr. Babani was the person who intervened and turned that around. And um, I had gotten to share that with a family friend of theirs about a decade ago. And I saw Mr. Babani a year ago and found out that his friend had shared it with him. So I know that he knew. So that felt really good. And then I got to tell his wife about it today. And I'm so glad that that happened. And it's a story like I can just sit there and tell to anybody. but telling it to his wife when she had just lost him, like, I totally was crying my ass off. Aww. And um, it was, like, very, very emotional moment. And I had some other, f- like, kind of funnier stories about him, too, that were really sweet. And they were just like, we had no idea about any of these stories. This is amazing. And so on my way out, his son asked me if I could, like... Get more of these stories together somehow. And I was like, I think I can do that. And so I started a Facebook group. So I should say if any Wagoneers went to Garfield High School in the 80s or 90s, and you had Jack Babani or your friends did, you should look for the Facebook group, Babani's Math Disciples. Mm -hmm. uh, that's our group where we're sharing all these stories and trying to get pictures and stuff like that. And we'll get it together in some kind of format that we can give to the Babani family so that they can read all these stories or see them or hear them or however they're conveyed. They'll have them permanently and they'll be able to just enjoy that and share that with each other. But, um, it's called, so in the eighties, there so garfield high school is in the central district of seattle and there was a gang problem there um that was kind of peaking at that time and you've probably heard of the crips and the bloods you might not have heard of a gang um that where they wore instead of wearing blue or red they wore black and so they had a lot of like raiders jackets and things like that mm. this is when starter jackets were big and um And they called themselves BGD, the Black Gangster Disciples. And so one day, Mr. Babani came in and and started class with, I have an announcement. I am starting a new gang. It is called (laughs) Babani's Math Disciples. I don't know if anyone else remembers that, but I never forgot it. And so that's what I called the group. And I put that story in there. And that was one of the stories that I told his family too. And it's like, he's, it's like, that's, you know, that might sound corny or whatever. And obviously it's like ridiculous, but he's one of the few people who could legit make that joke because he was a kind of teacher for all the kids. You know, he wasn't just a guy who taught honors calculus. He taught everybody and brought. Everyone who was interested, or even if they weren't interested in being on that level, like if he saw potential for you to be there and he saw it in just about everybody, he would be on you to, to bring you up to that level. And he would stay however long it took, lunch after school, he was doing it. So, um... You know, I, I'm hoping to get more. Those kinds of stories are coming in, and I'm hoping to just get more and more and more of them because they really had no idea that he, you know, they knew he was an awesome dad, awesome husband, and, you know, I'm sure that they they picked up that he was an awesome teacher, but they never heard the specifics, you know. So I'm excited to be able to give that to them. So, you know, Babani people, Garfield people, you got to get in there. Babani's math disciples. It's real now. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. My other little I have now to tell my other little babs story. We called him Babs. And um we begged him to chaperone our prom and he was like, "I have a standing obligation on Friday nights." And we were like, "No, come on, just this one time." And it's just kids being dopey because like I don't know if we even really realized he was Jewish. And then like we definitely didn't realize what it meant to be orthodox or observe it, you know, like observe the Sabbath. Like we didn't know what he was talking about. So we're just sitting there haranguing him (laughs) and being annoying. Change your appointment? (laughs) Right, yeah. We're like, come on, man, just this one time. (laughs) He must have thought we were so stupid, but he was just smiling. I have a standing obligation. Come on, man. We just loved him. It was all love. I'm sure we were annoying, but we really wanted him to chaperone prom because he was so cool. Yeah.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. All right. Let's get to this month's clip. It's a great one. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> you can set it up, but I'll just say it comes from June 3rd, 2009.
1: Yeah, totally. So... um, So one thing I'd like to reflect on sometimes uh, with these is where are they in the history of TBTL at this point? And when you think of it that way, um, this is about this is three months before they went off the air. And um, and so it's still uh, Luke. Jen and Sean, and they still have a radio show to do. They still have, uh, a, an air shift. They have deadlines. They have to go on the air live at, it was 7 PM. Right. Um, and, uh, one of the things that they were sometimes able to work into their lives, um, even under these conditions of having to go into a radio station every day, um, was alcohol and day drinking. Yeah, the Andrews date. Remember the Andrews yes, date? Yes, the Andrews date was was Jen taking herself to um, get uh, early happy hour occasionally. So this was a really early, really happy hour at 11 a.m. at Green Lake. And it turned into an epic adventure for Jen and her friend and Mr. Knightley and Jason. <laughs>
4: Jennifer, it's just by really God's providential hand mm-hmm. that you're here tonight mm-hmm. um, or the power of prayer. That may be what brought you back.
3: Uh, that happened.
4: Because I, I understand that you had a, a – if it were if it were a Reader's Digest, as I'm wont to say, it would be drama in real life. Yeah. Jen Andrews tries to walk around Green Lake and almost falls down dead. What happened to you today?
3: Well, I made some some poor choices.
4: Uh-huh. I'll start with that. Yeah. Um
3: and I went to the Green Lake Barn Grill to meet my friend Cindy for drinks. And it was 85 degrees. I mean it was so hot and we were sitting out without shade of any kind. Uh-huh. And we're sitting out and so I had What
4: what time of the day was this? 11. So morning. Yes. What time of the morning was this? It
3: was 11. Okay. So we met up and so I was having Pinot Grigios. And um, because that sounded so good to me, like really, really light white wine, very, very cold. Like that just sounded right. Mm-hmm. Refreshing. So, but the thing about that- They were
4: out of Zima. <laughs> yes. So you went with the Grige.
3: The thing about that is it goes down fast. Yeah. And so pretty soon I'd had a number. Mm. And then-
4: eleven fifteen.
3: No. One o'clock. Okay. So at one o'clock, Jason came to pick me up because we were going to walk around Green Lake together, and which sounded- great in the car at 10 AM. Like that's great. So I'll have this lunch and then we'll go walk around Green Lake. I'll walk it off. It'll be healthy. It's great. But at this point I'm a little shaky and I have a little bit of heat stroke because I've just been sitting under the sun for an hour and a half, two hours. So we start around the lake and he's like, he's got the dog and the dog is setting the, um, you know, the pace. So we're walking fast and talking and we got to like, um, where the rowers go out Mm -hmm. and I said, I'm, I'm going to be sick. And he looked at me, and he said, what? And I said, I'm going to be sick. I'm going to be sick. So we went over to the curb, which was in shade. And I sat down on the curb and I put my head between my knees for probably 15 minutes. said, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I can make it. You,
4: uh, uh, Whenever on this program you talk about nearly throwing up, you say, and then I put my head between my knees. And I've never heard that as a cure for for nausea. In fact, that seems like that would make it so much worse. Can I just ask, where did you get that from?
3: It just it feels right. It's instinctual.
4: Not for me it's not. That seems like if anything you're 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 making things worse. You're in a kind of odd position. You're you're slumped over. It just seems like you're telling your body, Okay, we give up. Let's 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 go for this yakking.
3: Well it was either, you know, St. Elsewhere or Marcus Welby. Uh-huh. Some some kind of hospital right. viewing as a child. I saw someone do it and that's mm-hmm. what I Quincy. always do. Quincy, could have been.
4: All right, so it worked though. I shouldn't, I shouldn't cast well, aspersions. Well, it took a really
3: long time, I and mean, we just kind of sat there, and um, for a long time.
4: What does Jason do when you have one of these types of episodes where you just say, "I, you know, I, I, I can't do this any longer"? Because it's it maybe doesn't happen specifically with walking, but there seems to be throughout the course of your week a few occasions every week where you just say, "Stop the presses!" Yes, the presses being whatever it is you guys are engaged in. Those presses need to be stopped. What does he then do for 15 minutes? Thinks about architecture?
3: I think he looks at nature. I don't really know because I'm involved in my own situation. So we sat there for a really long time and then I finally said, okay, I think I can go on. So we stood up and we started going and I think I made it maybe a quarter of a mile before I said, I can't go anymore. I'm going to throw up. So we went again and found a picnic bench and sat down and did the whole thing again. And Luke, I am telling you, hours passed. Like we could not get around the freaking lake because I had to keep stopping because I thought I was going to be sick and I was like kind of reeling and I was like, I kept saying, I'm so hot. I'm so hot. At one point we stopped at Ben and Jerry's. I was like, let's go to Ben and Jerry's. That'll be better. I mean, we were like crawling around the lake and I started thinking we're not ever, we're not getting out of here. (laughs) Like we are on the Aurora side and our car is like over by Starbucks side on the freeway side and I I don't know when we're ever going to see it again.
4: Now, for those of you who don't live in the Seattle area, um let me explain what Green Lake is. It is an incredibly flat under <laughs> totally under three mile walking miles. walking path that is essentially for people who think that the senior citizen mall walk is a little bit too rigorous mm-hmm. like if you don't if you're not quite up to heading from pennies. All the way down to Sabaro and back. If that seems like that might be too much for you, then you take it easy and go to Green Lake. This is the lake that you, uh-huh. how, what would you go? A hundred steps and then have to sit down? A hundred steps and sit down? Well,
3: and then what happened is that I, what I had in my mind is if we can just make it to the bath, bathhouse theater because there's a, um, like a snack. Shack yeah. There. I'm like, if we, I just kept saying that if we can just make it there. Which is probably there, closed. If we can just make it there, then I can get a, um, something cold like a popsicle or something, you know, and then then that'll be fine. We yeah. just need to make it to there. So Jason's like, okay, okay. So we get there and I, and I said, oh, thank God. And right as I saw it, Jason said, um, I don't have any cash because I gave you all my cash at Green Lake Bar and Grill when you had to tip the waitress. And I... Totally lost it because I've been to the snack shack many times and know perfectly well they do not take debit cards. They only take cash. And I was like, I wish you had told me that. After he had
4: waited, after he had, after he had now been involved in a sort of Donner party of Green Lake walks.
3: Yeah. It was, and it was like being in Lawrence of Arabia too. It just went <laughs> on and on and it was so hot. And I just wanted to put like a white piece of fabric over my head. It was so awful. And then I was so mad at him because I had built up like the snack shack is going to save me. Yeah. And then we couldn't use the snack shack. So we just kept going and stopping and going and stopping. And he's like basically his whole day was completely shot. Because we were there for hours trying to get her. And, you know, walking around Goon Lake takes exactly 45 minutes in my world. Mm-hmm. But today it took a little under three.
4: Well, the good news is you were able to go home and sleep it off, right? No.
3: No. we got. All I kept saying was I just have to go home and lay down in a cool room and I'll be fine. You know, I'll be fine to go to work. Everything will be fine. We got home. There was workers in our apartment. Couldn't go in.
4: Workers? <laughs>
3: well, the housekeeper was there.
4: <laughs> That's right. It was a
3: worker and she works Yes,
4: hard. but... You have a very, so, you have a complicated relationship with this person who does some cleaning at your house in that you cannot be there when she's there because well, you feel too, it feels like a, a uh, some kind of plantation to you. No,
3: mostly it's just that I feel like I'm in her way because she's got her whole little system that yeah. she, would, she does. So we actually walked to the park in our neighborhood and we took the blank, our emergency blanket out of our car <laughs> and laid it under a tree. And I mean, there might have been other homeless people there, I don't know, but I just laid under a tree and just went right to sleep in the shade under a tree for an hour. Well, that I came here
4: that sounds that sounds wonderful actually.
3: <laughs> it actually was really great. The breeze was blowing under the tree. it was really cool. I went right to sleep, and all of a sudden, I sat up and said, "I have to go to work, so we got up, we got in the car, and I drove down here
4: i mean that that actually doesn't sound like a bad afternoon. <laughs> A little nap, a little grease.
3: Nothing got done, but you know, no, no harm. Yeah, no harm was done by any means.
4: Well, you seem to be perking up. It's, it's now seven thirty-one, and uh, it seems like you've, you've, you're, you're already much more lucid than you were at at five thirty when I first saw you. So when that's I, good. I
3: just came in and I saw you, and I just walked right up to you and said, "I made some bad decisions." Yeah, you did. I always feel like I need to just blurt it out, like I, right off the bat. I, really,
4: I respect, I respect how forthright you are about these things. <laughs>
1: so uh Jen there uh admitting right up front that she made some poor choices, <laughs> and uh in some ways, this is foreshadowing for um something we can talk about in a bit um her make better choices lecture but um it's I love that the culmination of all of this is that she slept it off under a tree. <laughs> Just and really crazy. <laughs> I mean, there's a whole
0: episode about her emergency kit, and we've played it before. But she pulled the emergency blanket out of the car. Yes, yes. Slept
2: under a tree. Yes. How yes. much wine was she drinking?
1: She said, "That's a, Did she even say how much? I, I all I know a is lot. that it was multiple, but I don't know how many, like multiple glasses. But I a don't lot know to how vary.
0: Um, yeah, a lot
1: to vary. And
0: in the sun
1: yeah All day yeah eighty five degrees and so and that that would be right about almost exactly um this time of year, almost exactly mm. this date, yeah um eight years ago, and it can get just randomly hot at this time of year, mm-hmm. and she said that even at eleven in the morning it was already getting 80. towards eighty five degrees, I think mm-hmm. <laughs> so that is pretty hot, but <laughs> well, I like how she she um turned it into having a a little bit of heat stroke. <laughs> great.
2: hopefully it's still this warm um it's still it's still that warm out in august when we have the uh, lrb summer picnic because it'll be within walking distance of <laughs> of the scene right. of this very clip that we just listened to and yeah. maybe everybody can down a few too many glasses of pinot grige and go tuck their head between their legs for a while over by the lake it's so
1: <laughs> awful <laughs> It sounds miserable. I know. We'll get
2: some uh, LRB branded space blankets for everybody.
1: Yes, there you go. Uh, I like when when Luke
0: said, and when you're just tucking your head between your legs and what is Jason doing? He's looking at nature. Yeah.
2: He's yeah. Thinking about his own choices, I'm he's, sure. Yeah,
1: he's, he's made some poor choices as well. Right. He's wondering, how did I get to this moment in my life? Oh yeah, well yeah, that's right. Because he made the poor choice of um, letting her have the last of his cash so she could tip the waitress. (laughs) Oh my gosh, so mad she was. (laughs) I can just imagine that
0: she had put all of her health into that one popsicle she was going to get at the snack (laughs) shack. It doesn't make everything better. (laughs) It's so much better. It's so good. I kind of wish she was still drunk when she came into work.
4: Yeah,
1: I mean, it sounded like it was like right teetering on the edge. But then by the time she the mics were hot, <laughs> it was just more like exhaustion uh, that she was like well into recovery mode at that point, but just still maybe a little tired. <laughs> but there, there has been another. We have episode heard them where, drunk. Yeah, we've
0: heard them actively drunk, and we've yes. heard them her coming back from the dentist still high. <laughs> yes, that's really kind of scary. So- <laughs>
1: That's so crazy.
0: So I'm I wish I I want to listen to this whole episode in here if by hour three she was hungover.
1: Yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> I can't imagine. I mean, I'm sure there are worse jobs to be doing when you're hungover, but one of the things that's kind of intense about being live on the air is you have to, I mean, not only psychologically do you know you're live on the air um and you know you're working for mormons so i have questions about that too but you have (laughs) these headphones on and you kind of have to have them up high to hear everything and um i just i i think that would be really unpleasant (laughs) with the hangover going (laughs) well maybe it'd be really not fun
2: maybe this all took some part in them uh getting off the air (laughs) in three months (laughs) later
1: (laughs) you know on the one hand it, it you you might think that that's a factor, but on the other hand, I think that if the ratings had been super dope, they wouldn't have cared. Yeah, they I, they would have just been like those crazy kids. They
0: <laughs> have know. deep fried in the in there. They've right. microwaved fish. <laughs> they've yes. s- tried to set stuff on fire. Yeah, they've been it's drunk amazing. many many yeah. times. Yeah. Pro-
2: probably a little bit like APM is doing for TBTL right now. "Ah, They're producing. (laughs) We'll keep them around.
1: (laughs) I mean, it is interesting. It it does make me wonder, like, if I were um, decades later, um, you know, uh, let's say I were helping them write their memoirs or whatever, and they were reflecting back on these moments, like, um, you know, how much do they think is just, oh, that's just me being wacky. You know, I'm wacky. I was trying to have fun, you know. And then how much of it is like, what was really going on with me? Like, <laughs> I seem to have it made. Why was I doing this? Yeah. Um. You know, I would have questions about that, and maybe it wouldn't go anywhere. Maybe it would just be like, oh, that was just that was just yet another wacky day. But um, you know, I I, <laughs> I do wonder, and you know, I'm I love that they talk about it, um, because I think a lot of people have moments like that, and they don't talk about it and they tried to like sweep it under the rug. So I, I just thought the whole thing was hilarious. It was great. And, and even the housekeeper thing, like, first of all, <laughs> Luke is a cold piece for busting her on that. <laughs> but like, like that, I totally understand because I think everyone I know who has a housekeeper come in, whether it's once a week or once a month or whatever, almost everyone I know who has that has some level of shame or embarrassment around that. And just, Mm -hmm. I think it's one of those things that has really changed a lot just during our generation that like, I mean, that definitely used to be something that was only for rich people. And now a lot of middle-class people do it too. Um, And that's another thing where I'd be fascinated to know, like what's the sociological shift around that. But um even though it's it's somewhat normalized, it, it's a very private thing for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And unless they they know they're talking to someone else who has a housekeeper, they're kind of embarrassed. And she definitely was. Yes, <laughs> he called her out for sure. Luke, you nut! <laughs> <He totally laughs> Christy busted her.
2: <laughs> Christy has absolutely no shame about it. She just, I mean, she gets out the little maid outfit, makes me put it on, <laughs> takes pictures the whole time. FaceTimes her friends, takes pictures.
0: <laughs> no, it's embarrassing I, for I me. I really, I really wish I could mentally get to a, a point where I could have a housekeeper. Um, but I used to actually be a housekeeper, and I just feel like it really is. I, I just can't break that. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. I don't know. It's just something. And I, I know can't...
1: people who've been on both sides of it. Like they've been, um, you know, they've been people's staff in their homes um you know doing some of the housekeeping work sometimes supervising housekeepers Mm -hmm. they also hire housekeepers because they're kind of like that's what I do all day I would rather also pay these people to come over and do my place rather than do my place myself and so they basically just like pay them out to do their place too
0: that for me I was able to put myself through college doing it or um, yeah times when I didn't have jobs or I was unemployed, I was able to do that on the side. And I would love to be able to do that for someone else. Yeah. um, Because it's a good way for some people to make money. And I wish I could get that. I wish I could break that from my head. Because it would be nice to not have to do that once or twice a
1: week, right? It would be amazing. (laughs) I mean, I feel like the thing that's holding me back is just my clutter issues. Like I feel like if I had that on lock, then I'd be like, all right, somebody else can do the rest. But since I don't have any of it on a cleanup before I'm just like, yeah, I'm I'm completely one of those people where I would have to do major amounts of work before my house would even be housekeeper ready. And I'm just like, I, I I don't know when that's gonna happen. But I did I had a friend give me a gift certificate once for um like a one time thing for a housekeeper to come to my apartment when I lived by myself downtown and that place was sparkling after he was done it was amazing i loved it so much so i told myself oh one of these days i'm going to do this again and i never have yeah. but um so i totally i understand the ambivalence you know because um because it's just one of those things that she just didn't want a cop to when when she was already saying something in picture. <laughs> she's already like look i'm already saying that i got wasted today and could not handle a walk around green you have Good. to bust me out on my housekeeper come on now <laughs> poor jen <laughs> oh, luke <laughs> yeah I,
2: I do have to say though like n- nine times out of ten when i hear somebody tell a story about how they like uh "Quote unquote," accidentally got drunk, or just found themselves. You know, I got overserved, or whatever. Mm-hmm. I I usually get a little eye rolly about it, um, mm-hmm. because it just is like, no, you just you just wanted to get drunk. But uh, <laughs> right. but I have to say, when I was listening to this, it really did sound like she. From what I know of Jen, I haven't listened to a ton of Jen shows, but from what I know of Jen, she seems like a fairly responsible. Like, she has her stuff together and is, like, this kind of thing is kind of out of the norm for her, Mm -hmm. right?
0: Especially on a day. Yeah. Yeah, she did.
1: There was one other time um, that she pushed it a little bit farther. And so if you want to hear more of Day Drinking Jen, um, you should peep out uh, LRB 147. (laughs) Um, That's when we hear her... um, Give and receive her Make Better Choices lecture, <laughs> which is hilarious. Oh, man. I probably um, could
2: have used that lecture about three years ago. <laughs> <laughs> is
1: that right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Jerry's yeah, an were... expert
0: on day drinking. That's why we brought him on.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Word. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the, the September previous to this one, so after they had been on the air about uh, about nine months... Um, Jen had uh quite the day drinking escapade, <laughs> which is uh pretty awesome.
0: I've I've never had an experience where day drinking was a good idea.
1: No, hell no, no, it's terrible.
0: Whether you have to work or not, <laughs> yeah, even on a it Saturday, doesn't feel good. No, same with drinking in the sun. Anytime there's heat involved, yeah, can't do it. Yeah.
2: That's why yeah. you gotta just keep on rolling through the night.
1: Oh yuck!
2: <laughs> keep it going.
1: Well, then, what do you do in the morning? Keep it going. <laughs> you just yuck! Con- you just continue <laughs> on that
2: train for that three years. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> for for a number uh, of years. <laughs> well, this is—I uh, guess that's what uh, Luke and his friend uh, Camaro Kev call "Rolling Thunder," right? <laughs> I think. Yeah, but this is this is this is a reason. It it points out a reason too why. It isn't completely wacky for Luke to call himself the bad boy of public radio <laughs> because he's completely amused by this type of stuff and has done it himself, uh, mm-hmm. as we've all heard. And um, and that is definitely countercultural in the public radio workplace. I mean, I think that there are some, you know, there are some journalism traditions that are more like, you know, uh, wild and like, you know, like old school hardcore investigators and stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, there was a lot of drinking, a lot of smoking, like all that kind of stuff. Um, But public radio doesn't really come from that tradition. Like a lot of us are journalists now and work for journalism organizations now, but that's been a culture change over a period of decades. And at the point that he came into public radio, it was still run by people who came from the public radio tradition. And I think that they were, I got to see some of this in action up close. Like they were very charmed by Luke, rightfully so. Um, But, you know, I mean, to me, Luke is a charming person when you get to know him, but they were charmed by like the trappings of Luke, you know, and so it's the tattoos and it's the teen dad and, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and, and, you know, to a certain extent, I think that they thought it was kind of funny that he was a guy who would actually like go to a bar in the middle of the day. And, um, and he asked me, I think one time on TBTL, he was like, don't you think there should be more drinking in public radio? And I was like, no, (laughs) no, I do not. I do not think there should be. I do not think it would be a good idea. (laughs) Like, no, (laughs) no. I mean, maybe
0: more... Uh, charismatic personalities like Absolutely. his but drinking they, you don't have to drink to have that personality
1: right yeah it's just not fun and it that was a kind of it was such a funny question too because of course when he asked me that I was thinking about all the people that I've worked with over the years who are like you know the anti Luke's. Mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. like anti like they're against him but anti like they're the opposite of him and thinking of those people drinking at work was just really depressing I was like, God, I hope they're not doing that. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I don't want Steve Cher sitting there drunk. Right. In the middle of the day. Yeah, because then it
0: just is, it comes from a sad place. Not like a, hey, let's get drunk and. Go on an adventure and jump over a fence at a at a dock. (laughs) Right. I'm really sad and my life is terrible (laughs) and my wife just left me drinking. Right. Right.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's not good. Yeah, it wouldn't it wouldn't be anything good if any of those peeps started started doing (laughs) that. (laughs) But I thought it was funny that he asked that. (laughs) It's
0: hilarious. All right, do you have anything else before we wrap this up? Mm.
1: I guess I just want to give another another tribute, another shout out uh to Jason because he's <laughs> hilarious and he um responds well in these situations and um I think that um he just he he they seem like the perfect match they are. <laughs> You know, yes, because like you can't have both of them running around doing that stuff. <laughs> and he was not only you know willing to be the um you know the normal person <laughs> that day, but also seemed to you know just in general think it was kind of funny. <laughs> yeah,
0: just kind of that, just kind of eye roll. Just it hearing the. Yeah, the stories hearing stories about Jen and Jason makes me just wish that they were my best friends. I know. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> so I just fun. wanna hang out with them every day.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really they I just I love whenever they're together or sharing about each other, I just think it's great. So Yay Jason. Mm-hmm. Yay Jen. Hooray. <laughs> <laughs> All right.
0: And since it's the first Friday in June. We have a June Wagon Full of Loot winner. Oh, awesome. Yes. And (laughs) this week, so I should say, how you become um, entered into the contest is to do a day of archiving and then I draw names. I say it's out of a hat, but it's really out of an automated website that I found online (laughs) when I Googled it. Um, Cool. So (laughs) this month's winner is friend of the show, Bob Stein. Oh, awesome! So, Bob will be getting in touch with you to get your wagons full of loots out to you.
1: Oh, that's great. Congratulations, yeah. Bob. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: well, let's see. If you would like to get involved, um, go to our website, littleredbandwagon.com, and now you can buy mugs. Speaking of um public radio you can get your mugs and tote bags um the first mm. person to buy anything Ooh. was Lynn Pham and he said of course i had yes. to buy a tote bag and i called him a public radio nerd
2: and these <laughs> and these mugs can go in the dishwasher yes dishwasher <laughs> safe the faces won't fall off yeah. of them oh
0: god <laughs> we made sure they're dishwasher safe <laughs> so yeah go to our website um and you can contact us through there or you can buy some really cool stuff Um, Let's see. Our Facebook, The Stens or Little Red Bandwagon. um, Show's Twitter is at LRB Podcast. You can email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com. Send us your throw your phone moments or your favorite moments in LRB 2017 history. Um, Things (laughs) we've said, things we didn't say. um, Or your proud eating moments. Your proud eating (laughs) moments. Yes. Yes. Don't Don't be ashamed of it. Yeah, um, send those to us for our end of the year show. We want to do a, a best of kind of situation, um, and you can leave us a voicemail at 802-432-8285
1: That's rad. Speaking of pride eating, I need to um, I need to say my B on not adding people fast enough to the tr- uh, lose a thousand pounds in the Trump era weight loss spreadsheet. I am behind and uh, I apologize for that, but I will add you and um, if you want to join, you can just hit me up on Facebook. I will add everybody eventually. Perfect.
0: Maybe he won't yep. be president by the time you get him all out. I know, that would
1: be so <laughs> weird. <laughs>
0: mm. I would take it. <laughs>
2: the window is closing. <laughs> oh dear. <laughs>
0: All right, Jeremy, do you want to be the first to wrap it up? Okay. Do it.
2: Until next time, this is the next party.
0: And we love you, Jen and Jason. Nailed it.
4: (laughs) Push this button. Farts. Am I on the radio? Farts. I want to be on TV.